Red Raiders. Hello, Thread Raiders. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, one and all, welcome to the Thread Raiders podcast. What started as a small uprising on Twitter has turned into a movement to spread goodwill among all creators, with the occasional side quest for beach chairs and boogie boards. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Summertime. Yay. easy. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I am David Steele. I am Chaotic Anarchy. And I am Fenwald Griswick. And today we have an amazing co-host with us, the Death by Mage who runs Twitter. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello. This guy is on everything, everywhere. I don't know if he sleeps. I think he is a robot. I'm pretty sure he doesn't sleep. Yep, we will find out. I, I will confirm that I actually didn't sleep today. <laughs> he has eaten, though, and we've seen yes, that. Yes, I did eat today. <laughs> well, we have an amazing show for you. We have a Gen Con review by Master Death himself, um, who was there the whole time. And you were in kind of a... Uh, reporters, right? You had like a special pass, didn't you? Yeah, I was. Uh, I had a press badge, so I was That's in awesome. a lot. Of, I had a couple Ooh. interviews with some amazing people. I was also in a lot ah. of uh, press panels too, so that was fun. And then, of course, our wonderful news and a new segment that I have not even sat in on before. <laughs> tea time! I can't wait for that. Tea time! And then, of course, our amazing "What's in the box?" What's in the box? <laughs> All right, guys, take it away. Death, oh. how was the convention? Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, Chaotic Sabi almost died. I did. Yeah. <laughs> because as for those who listened last time to uh, when I was on here, uh, and I, I pretty much damned myself and uh, with, with the schedule. scheduling because I... <laughs> I did. I put everything too close together. Literally, mm. I had interviews and panels literally back to back for Thursday and Friday of the con. So I didn't eat from the hours of ten in the morning till seven thirty at night. He didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, only when I passed him to like pop a burrito in his mouth or something as I'm walking by. That yeah, was the time I, he I ate. have to say, I there were some wonderful folks that we were uh, all with that were when they spotted me, they literally did what we said, what chaotic said, feed me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say though that Je- uh, the folks at Gen Con did a great job having uh, water dispensers everywhere though, so that nobody yes. could get dehydrated, and so that was like the good thing. Uh, food services definitely needs an, a little bit of an improvement because uh, the lines were still a little bad. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see those mini, like almost like a food truck, but indoors, you know, like a little mini yeah. snack things th- thrown mm-hmm. around. They definitely need that. Well, the problem is like the the, the convention center in Chaotic can attest, it, it was crowded as crap. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially on Saturday, it's worse. And we all knew that. So mm-hmm. there was no way, that, they already had like, what, nine food trucks on Saturday and it was still not enough. No. Mm-mm. And there's like at least like five concession stands spread between like the Lucas Oil Stadium and the whole convention center itself. It's just like, yeah, that's not enough concession stands. Not at all. Yeah. And I didn't feel like anybody was happy working at the concession stands either. I mean. Like, I, I can't. I as somebody who's I worked in food them. services, that yeah. it's rough. Those are rough. I, I have to give it to the MPVs for con- consistently like filling the cups for the water dispensers, though, because every time I turned around, they were always plenty of cups. I don't know who did it, <laughs> but you are the true unsung hero of that con. <laughs> yeah. They should have cocktail waitresses like in Vegas who wander around with like plates of the little cockdoggy things that you can. Don't you know, recommend little, that. Little, oh my what God. if Gen Con goes with it? That's awesome. I'll be a hero. I, I, I would... Not for the people who are working it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. It, it would have it helped me a lot. <laughs> uh, so, Death, tell us about who you talked to. Oh, okay. There. So, there was a lot. So, um, I had a couple of interviews. One of them was with uh, the folks at White Wolf Entertainment. So, I got to talk about their new Vampire 5th Edition, which, uh, at, as of this time, I am almost done writing their article. <laughs> Uh, and then I also met with the CEO of Meta Arcade, who is uh, the company in charge of a uh, Call of Cthulhu mobile game called Cthulhu Chronicles, which you can find on the on the App Store. Uh, right now it is available on Ooh. iOS, and it will be launching very soon on Android. 
Uh, but the best part about that is that it's a choose-your-own-adventure mobile game featuring Cthulhu, so it was a lot of fun. I love nice. about this, yeah. Yeah, I, ha- I had you uh, play it, uh, Chaotic, when we were there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I died. Yes, well, it's... <laughs> Which is to be expected. I would have been disappointed had I not died. I mean, it, it is, is Cthulhu. Cthulhu after all. <laughs> <laughs> so... I had that. Um, I also met with the folks at uh, Green Ronin Publishing. I hung out with them for quite a while. Um, I also hung out with some of the folks from Paizo uh, with their organized play. Um, and I was also I, I I was also in a couple panels that I actually have NDAs for that I can't talk about. <laughs> Ooh. And you talked to the people at the Witcher table. Also, oh yes, right? um, I also met the people. I met it's uh, the the guys at our. Uh, Tassonian games are it's a it's run by an, uh, a single family. It's a family run company. Oh, I didn't and know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the, if, because if you look at the credits, it's actually um, it's the son and daughter. Uh, no, sorry, the son and mother for the lead developers, and then uh, I know the father helped out with the layout. Oh, so, that's wonderful. Yeah. And they gave out dice, too, while you were waiting in line, which was really neat. Oh, yes, yes, they they sure did. Um, I the the one cool thing that uh, press people had was on. Thursday, we had an extra hour ahead of the public to go into the showroom. Uh, so that was actually a very blessed moment because I got so much of my shopping done in one go before the horde. <laughs> because I, I will. So this is the story of like my of Thursday. Uh, I was with the Witcher. I was at the, the table for Witcher tabletop role playing game. And uh, I basically was talking with him and we were going through the book and talk about the mechanics and trying to get some and try to learn some more about it. And uh, next thing I know, I didn't know what time it was, but there was a line of like 150 people like emerge out of nowhere. <laughs> and I went, what time is it? And I'm like, oh, it's t- it's 10 after 10. No wonder. And so, yeah, that was uh, pretty intense. Yeah, we figured Thursday was the worst day to go simply because that's when the uh, cupcake food truck was there. Oh, yeah, that's that's it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah, we're pretty obsessed with the cupcake truck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say I kind of my, I kind of regret not having to experience most of the food trucks because, you know, that is my jam. But <laughs> I, I, I had I had work to do, unfortunately. I, I worked. Oh, I got to hang out with the the, the creatives for uh, the Dungeon Rats podcast. That was a lot of fun. That was actually one of the few things I got to do for myself personally. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so uh, I was <laughs> I was there for their live podcast. And um, oh, I hung out with the with everybody at uh, Monty Cook Games. That was a lot of fun too. Uh, they had like a social event going on, so I I, I uh, put myself in on that and uh, ne- and kind of met with people and met Monty Cook himself. That was really a lot of fun. That is cool. And you're also going to be on the D and D Raw podcast, right? I am going to be featured on there uh, in an upcoming episode sooner or later. Yes, because we're going to be discussing some D and D mechanics and stuff. So I. I will say that it will be very enlightening and it is definitely within the field of my specialty. Very cool. And they were a pleasure to hang out with. Oh, I had yeah. a great time getting to know all of them. They're so full of light. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I'll be seeing them later this month, uh, but they were very appreciative to be introduced to everybody, especially like you, Chaotic, and everybody else like Samantha and, you know, Tabletop Loot. They were very thankful to meet everybody and, you know, because it's tough when you're going to like a convention where you probably don't know a whole lot of people. Yeah, that's true. And, and there were plenty of people I didn't have time to see at all. Like there was a list that I still couldn't get through. And and there was a list I, cr- I curated to for must-sees, and I still didn't even get through all of it. <laughs> I mean, Chaotic saw the list. It's long. And then I think Saturday was the only day where I had probably the least amount of... I had probably the least panels i didn't have any more interviews that day so i was actually on the showroom uh demoing games and uh, networking with uh, people and uh finding the game companies and board game companies that i kind of knew and wanted to thank the creators or artists that were there for their hard work and congratulate them for any of their recent projects that they have launched it was more like personal time oh yeah that was like really my personal time and I was very glad to have it. Um, like literally Saturday, as soon as I finished my my last my my af- my one panel at one o'clock, I went over to Permanti Brothers and I literally just ordered like a, sa- a sizable sandwich to basically s- <laughs> celebrate that I was most more or less done. I hung out a lot with like uh, USAopoly. They had a lot of interesting games this year. Yeah, they did. Uh, they 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 reached out to me originally at one point for press, and I was just like, I don't have enough time. 
Yeah, they had this really cool contest where they gave you a card and all of their games are on it. And then if you played, I think, like four or five of their games, they would mark it off and then you could put it in for a drawing to win like one of each of the games they had brought to Gen Con. And they did that once every day. So it was really cool. I thought that was a pretty smart tactic to get people to play the games and come over. Yeah, that's a very good tactic. There was a fair amount of people... um, trying to do interesting tactics for demoing and stuff like that. I actually enjoyed um, just really walking around the showroom and just seeing the the fun games because I play a lot of board games. So mm-hmm. the fact that I almost could tell, I could identify every company for sure. I knew I must have owned at least two or three games for almost every company that was there. That's how horrifying it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, Pandasaurus was there, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's that new game, Cryptozoic. I was like, oh, I, I should probably get it. And then I was like, and then uh, one of the games, I definitely bought a few board games for myself uh, because I was like, yes, these are new. I must have it. <laughs> One of them was the new Disney uh, villainous game by uh, Ravenburger, and that one sold out by Friday, I think it was. Wow. Mm. And by Saturday, the eBay co- there was like a lot of expensive eBay bids going there for that game because it was a it was a Gen Con pre-release, so you weren't going to find it anywhere until after Gen Con. And it's a Disney card game, deck building game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I know uh, Becca Scott demoed it in uh on a uh, game the game on geek and sundry so but i that's that's where i learned about it <laughs> so what do you do at that point like you've just bought one of the most expensive things ever in history and its value is only increasing by the minute do you have to like run it back to your room and like tuck it under your shirt and well no because <laughs> i bought it like i bought it on thursday before anybody came into the room during my one hour because i heard they were there uh because the the, the other nice thing is for the press people we have our own lounge and um, so the lounge has a lot of uh, new games, board games, and other uh, pl- tables for like uh, news releases. So like if a if a company wanted to like say like give get some attention for themselves, they can leave either um, empty boxes for their games to for to kind of get uh, people interested, or you know sn- news snippets, so like copies and paper and things like that. I have like probably like twenty different sheets of paper on just press releases alone, and then. I, I took dozens of pictures of like different board games that I was very interested in, but I know I just didn't have enough time to get to all of them um, because there's like a few, there was one called Monster, uh, what was it, uh, Monster Mash or Monster Munch or something like that. And it's basically a board game about your our favorite childhood cereal because it, fe- it featured like things like uh, Frankenberry and Count Chocula and things like that. Oh. And it looked really fun, and I was so upset that I forgot to get it. Like I, I, re- I kept telling myself to get it, and I kept. I was just so busy, and I walked past their booth must at least three times, and I can't believe I forgot. I was a Wheaties man myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see like a, this epic clash of like Tony the Tiger versus uh the uh Lucky from Lucky Charms. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Toucan Sam just comes right in and just barrel rolls them. I mm. like Lucky Charms, but only the oat bits. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're God. getting crazy. <laughs> By the way, did anybody pick up on Death being like, oh, I was in the lounge. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I did. I was snickering. The was? They gave us free samples in the lounge. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, there was no samples of any kind. It was just mostly like a, if you really want to get away from the giant crowd of people and find a quiet room, here's that room. <laughs> and to think, I used to like you as a person. <laughs> yeah. Get away from all the nerds and geeks and hang out with your peers in the newsroom. I I really wished I utilized the trade day on Wednesday, though, because... Um, press people have access to a, a thing they call trade day where there's usually like seminars for like educating non-industry people on like how to like especially like teachers and librarians and people oh, cool. people outside of the industry like how to incorporate gaming into uh teaching or life or therapy and things like that uh because they do have seminars for like how to gamify your classroom so that because game game theory is a very good tool for getting kids engaged in uh their their classrooms and uh there's other things about how to do gaming work balance and stuff like that and there's other seminars that happen there um but I didn't have I I didn't I didn't uh, know that I was actually allowed to be in those because it wasn't conveyed to me, <laughs> and then when I got there, I was like, oh yeah, by the way, you're you're invited to these. I'm like, 
Oh, I wish oh. I wish somebody had sent this to me sooner. <laughs> I wish I knew that. Yeah, um, I missed out on like a few demos too for like a couple of games too because they were only on trade day, and I was like, oh, for Pete's sakes, really? Uh, one of them was uh, the Warhammer card game that was being demoed in yeah. Gen Con, and I was really upset that I missed it. You got some free stuff for that too. Yeah. And it was beautiful. <laughs> I know. It, it was pretty sad on my part. I, I, I knew as a mortal there was no human way I was going to achieve everything <laughs> in this con. There's there's too much. So for those who are asking if death was immortal or not, now you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm occasionally immortal, but it, but in the instance of trying to do everything at once, I have to split my, my immortality and then become mortal. And David, I ran into your daughter while we were there also. Oh, yes, you did. Two yes. of my daughters, didn't you? We had an amazing time. Yes, both daughters yeah. were there. That's right. Yes. On Wednesday night, both daughters were there. That's, um, yeah. Amara, she has like this tiny little stand of games that she brings around with her everywhere yeah. she goes. I love it. <laughs> You're like, let's play. I was like, hey, you want to play a game? She was like, sure. And she took a picture of like a library of games. And I was like, right. my goodness. She was so much fun. We all had a good time. Yes. And she my introduced girl. us to a game called Telestrations. Oh, Telestrations is a great game. It's yes. so fun. So fun. And you know what I found out, David? They have an yeah. adult telestration. Yes, they do. Of course you would find that. How, how is we it? have to play. How is it? It's just different words? Apparently, it's just the adult version, so I'm assuming. There's like, it, that's all it yeah. says on their, literally on their website. I'm so the words right you get are, yeah, naked booty or something. It's, it's like, we're going to remove all it's like, the PG side of it, and we're just going to yeah. add everything else. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. like Cards Against Humanity, except we get to draw it now. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're, we're going to have to get it to play now. I know a few people who really want to go to GaryCon next year, so I'm debating about whether or not I have the means to get there. Where's GaryCon? GaryCon is in the original Gen Con origi- original place of Geneva, Wisconsin. Yeah, so that's uh, Gen Con, GaryCon, Gary Gygax started Gen Con, right? Yep. Yeah. The Pretty much all modern cons that, origi- that we have now derive from Gary's original Gen Con. Is it was a play on the Geneva co- uh, conventions. That was the play of words, ah. and so it was shorthanded. Why is Gary Khan a separate thing now? What did they break away for some reason? Well, because uh, I think when Gary when uh, Gen Con uh, they it grew so large that it moved to to different locations, and I uh, Gary Khan is literally a con that is uh, something organized by uh, Luke Gygax, uh, Gary's son, and is to celebrate Gary uh, Gary Gygax and and Dungeons and Dragons specifically. So there, so a lot of people have been focusing on just that for that con. So uh, one of the things okay. that so if you if for people who've been to Gen Con, I'm sure some of you have noticed that uh, Wizard of the Coast has been uh, not appearing at Gen Con pretty much yeah, uh, since the la- since Gen Con 50, and so yeah. their presence is now in the Gary Con, and they kind of just uh, have some loose bits in uh, Gen Con now, which was very disappointing. I was looking forward to that. Yeah, um, especially when you're when you look back at like years past and all their crazy like displays from those decades ago. Oh my god, they're like huge, like mm-hmm. like Wizards of the Coast always had a big uh, statement in uh, Gen Con, and when they stopped appearing, it was a big uh, people felt it. Yeah. Their presence is known, and it just was not there this year. It was very sad. Yeah, because like the the D and D booths and Gen Con used to also incorporate all the Hasbro things too. So it was not just Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. It was everything from Hasbro. And for those of you who are wondering, GigaCon is actually completely unrelated. That's specifically for Geiger counters. <laughs> <laughs> My man, I can always count on you for going out there left field. <laughs> But I would love to come back for Gen Con. That was a lot of fun. Um, I will probably not kill myself next year if I go. Right. Yeah. You say that now. <clears throat> also, I learned that I should bring a backpack. <gasps> How did yep. you do it without a backpack? I had a satchel. You're right, you But did a it. backpack would have been better. Because you had a lot to carry to at one point. Yeah. Your hands were full. <laughs> yeah. Especially on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, well, considering on Thursday alone and within the first hour before even the con opened, I already bought like... Three board games, two books, and it was just like, yeah, this is a problem. This is a problem. <laughs> I've already spent a considerable amount of money, and not even an hour before the con actually even opened, and here we go. <laughs> here we go. It's promo time. Hey, CA. Yes, Cruz. 
Where the hell are my keys? How should I know? You're good at this sort of thing. You play that drunken bar game where you find the toaster in the tree. You know I can't see you, right? Focus. Did you look on the key rack? I did. Not there. Did you look on your front door? I did. Not there. Did you check in the fridge? What? <laughs> do you want help or do you want explanations? Uh, let me check. <sighs> Two hours later. I did. Not there. Are they around your neck on a tabletop loot lanyard that's supposed to be for a convention ID badges, but instead is holding your keys because you insist on breaking the rules? Oh, yeah. Listeners, our presenting sponsor this week, Tabletop Loot, has just added a brand new product, a lobster claw badge lanyard, which Griswick, for some reason, is using to keep his keys in plain sight. They were right there the whole time. Tell me that's not convenient. Tabletop Loot, loot for every table. And now... Back to our show. <laughs> so you know, Chris. <laughs> uh-huh. I was at the airport the other day. <laughs> Were you? Did you find anything interesting? Maybe at the duty-free shop? No, but the security guard found something interesting. <laughs> As they often do. You know... And this is getting off topic slightly. Uh, there is actually a blog that you can go to where the TSA will actually show you all the weird stuff that they pull off of airplanes. Yes, it's great. I love it. But what you won't see is what was found this week. So in a previous episode uh, of the news, we talked about uh, a woman who walked a World War II artillery shell into an airport. And thus it had to be evacuated. Well, this week at the Schneefeld Airport in Berlin, uh, there was a man going through customs in Terminal D, and he was asked about something odd in his luggage. It was a long tube that was full of wires and batteries. Uh, but the gentleman in question didn't want to discuss what it was in his bag. It was very, very cagey. And so the suspicious content in a piece of luggage shut down the airport for approximately an hour while they disassembled his sex toy. Uh, it turned out that he had purchased several sex toys while in Berlin and was taking them home, uh, but, of course, didn't want to admit that once he got to security. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wonder why. Mm. Excuse me, sir, you're going to have to demonstrate. <laughs> <laughs> Prove to mouth. me this is not a bomb. Go. <laughs> 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 Good, Chris. That was it. That's the whole oh, story. That's the oh. whole story. Okay. Story time's over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this sex toy wasn't as long as you would think. <laughs> so I hear that China continues its war on poo. <laughs> Ew, I gross. didn't even have to change it. It just was so funny by itself. <laughs> that is correct. So there's a new movie coming out uh, called Christopher Robin, and it is a live-action version of the Winnie the Pooh uh, series of movies uh, from the Walt Disney Corporation. Uh, this movie has been banned in China uh, because Winnie the Pooh shares a striking resemblance to China's leader, Xi Jinping. Oh, <laughs> Are, are we talking about the yellow fur? Oh are we talking about the pudgy <laughs> exterior? Or are we talking about the fact that he actually he resembles a bear? <laughs> We're talking about the rounded facial features of a of Winnie the Pooh that you have oh you know goodness. come to know and love. Uh, very similar. Very similar. <laughs> pinchable can cheeks. Can we put up pictures with the podcast so people can compare? <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to need Put them to. on the website. Ping, poo. Ping, poo. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been a Snapcat. Now, it's not just the Christopher Robin movie. Winnie the Pooh, in general, in all of his forms, animated or otherwise, is persona non grata in the whole of China. Wow. That's pretty yes. intense. Jeez. For it real. Is. And they take this shit pretty seriously over there. They do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> that sounds like a murder in progress. I'm actually training crows to open my cap. Are you? I am. That's impossible because uh, that company is persona non grata on this podcast oh. until they pay us some money. 
I'm teaching crows how to open my snap cap. How <laughs> oh, fantastic. What a, what a clever idea. I know. Well, clearly you are taking advantage of the supreme intelligence <laughs> of the uh, of ravens and rooks, uh, which has been well established in science. Um, it turns out that they have brains that are slightly larger than most birds, and they are incredibly good at problem solving. Um, in scientific studies, they have actually seen ravens use tools, uh, actually take branches in order to solve problems. Well, a theme park in France uh, called Puy du Fou. Uh, which is French for crazy volcano. <laughs> this is literally the single most extravagant medieval times theme park that I have ever seen. Uh, Four-star accommodations, uh, uh, top-notch stuff, okay? Um, they have trained a, uh, a murder of crows to literally go out and clean their park. Um, the crows are able to pick up cigarettes and other small pieces of trash uh, in exchange for food, which they get from their trainer. Um, if any of you would be interested in seeing this, uh, there, this park is located in Les Epices, which is uh, on the west coast of France. Has nobody seen the movie Birds? <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's those cautionary tales that we have to remind ourselves. <laughs> and so our last article today involves a baby squirrel. The squirrel in question, named Carl Friedrich, uh, was terrorizing... Uh, the city of Karlsruhe, which is in Germany. And uh, he was at large for quite some time when uh, <laughs> he decided to take on a jogger in a local park. <laughs> and the jogger panicked and called 911. And so they sent out the police. And by the time the police had gotten there, the jogger had run for approximately a mile and a half uh, with the squirrel in tow. And uh, when the police cornered the rodent it passed out from what is either exhaustion or shock and woke up in the the local uh you know animal shelter along with its siblings who it had lost uh recently and so he and his brethren are living quite nicely on the uh, government teat <laughs> teat he said teat i, I, I mean to be fair though teat. Squirrels are very devious creatures. That is true. Evil. They make ugly babies too. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I still love them. They're just hideous. They taunt my dog. They stand at the window and stare at him. Oh, that's they're evil. That's pretty evil squirrels right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm still waiting for a squirrel girl to be found out to be a, a Hydra agent. <laughs> <laughs> It is common practice for squirrels to scream at nearby animals when they are near their uh, whatever tree they're living in. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes, true thing. Mm -hmm. Get away from my tree! <laughs> <laughs> and well, now it's time for tea. Yay! <laughs> As I actually drink tea. Yes. This is going to be complicated because now there's three of you. I would like you to know I was the champion last week. Oh, boy. So. Not only champion, but <laughs> flawless. A flawless victory. She's going to choke this week. As a, oh. On what exactly? Them's fighting words. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the airport story. <laughs> and now it's tea time. It's tea time. It's tea time. It's tea time. Uh, I'm going to uh, recite seven facts from the underside of an unnamed tea brand. Um, and then you guys can tell me whether you think it is true, false, or huh, uh, which is a distinctly possible option. Good to know. <laughs> Here we go. Snapcap fact number 1404. Pteronophobia is the fear of being tickled by feathers. True. Why do you say it's true? Uh... It's a safe space. Are you afraid of feathers? No, I'm not. But I was thinking orno because ornithopter and ornithropes are uh, usually bird related. Well, then in that case, I want to fix that. It's pteronophobia. Oh, oh no. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Oh Not, no. As opposed to Orno. Oh. <laughs> False. No. Now, are these these are seven things that you've read on caps or you're just making up some of them? No, they're on the back of these snap caps. These are all ones that are on 
Well, we can't say simple, but yes. That's I mean, yeah. <laughs> unnamed T brand. You just yeah. got bleeped. <laughs> yes. All right. So you're not just like pick which one's fake. Th- these are all ones that are can be found on the, on bo- the caps. Right. On the caps. Right. Okay. Because I drink a large quantity of this unknown tea. So we thought this would be a great game that will never end. <laughs> it will end, but in 289 episodes. Yeah, I say false. I'll re- I'll be- I'll re- I'll remain faithful to my truth. Okay, CA, what do you think? I'll say true. Okay, and the answer is true. Aha! Yes. Ding, ding. Lies. <laughs> Petronophobia is uh, a fear of feathers in general. So it also includes being tickled by feathers, um, but all things feather related, uh, which can also include feather pillows. Yeah, that's that must be pa- painful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Petero is Greek for wings, also the source of the word helicopter, which is helix and petero, a meaning spiral wing. Uh, also pterodactyl, which means winged fingers. I love etymology. <laughs> now, since you were talking about it, ornithobia, uh, I'm sorry, ornithophobia uh, mm. is the fear of birds. Yeah, uh, that's what I was mishearing. So that's why I was kind of like, well, it sounds like ornithopter or ornithobia. And I was like, okay, that should be still bird related. For those of you who uh, are up on your science, ornithoskeletophobia is the fear of dinosaurs, which we now know had feathers. Yep. Oh. Snapcap fact number 291. Africa is divided into more countries than any other continent. True. I'll go mm. with true as well. I'm going to go with false. I feel like the trick question of Eurasia is going to be in the downfall. Well, we do have some questions. Uh, is Transnistria part of Moldova? Do I win if I say yes? Well, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, there are countries in the world that aren't recognized by the United States, but may actually be countries. Transnistria so broke away from Moldova uh, in the 1990s and has lived... Basically, autonomously, Moldova doesn't even acknowledge them at all. So I guess it depends when the snap cap was created. Well, the snap cap was created in 2017. I still go with false. No, I need to know if Transnistria oh. is part of Moldova or not. Uh, I need a ruling. Oh. I vote a true in hopes I win. Okay. Is Northern Cyprus uh, its own state or is it part of Cyprus? Part of Cyprus. Part of Cyprus. Okay. Yeah, part of it. Yeah, part of it. Is Kosovo part of Serbia? No. Ooh, they would say no way. No. The nation of Austantasia uh, was founded by Turi and his son Jonathan Austin in 2008. They claim no. 23 houses in six different <laughs> nations. Are they autonomous? Stop it. <laughs> is Palestine its own nation? Oh, that is a tricky mm. one. Mm. Nope. Uh, how about Taiwan? Is it part of China? Oh, don't. Yes. Oh, God. That, that's like a can of worms right there, that question. Yeah. Is South Ossetia part of Georgia? Ooh, that's also a, ba- a big can of worm question. How about Abkhazia? Also part of Georgia? <sighs> Never heard of it. Nagorno-Karabakh. Is it part of Azerbaijan? Yes. Yeah. The Naminaria Republic Island in the Han River in South Korea? Mm, no. Okay. I, I know the story of that one. <laughs> so that means that the answer is true. I don't even remember what I voted anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That took way so too I long. So I didn't win. <laughs> so uh, the point here was that uh, there are different definitions of what constitutes a country and what does not, and also which countries are recognized by the United States and which are not. One would assume that since Snapple was produced in the United States, that they were referring to those countries uh, acknowledged by the United States as being sovereign. Uh, Africa has 54 of those countries, Uh, give or take Somaliland. Uh, Europe has 50 of those countries. And Asia has 48 countries. Again, give or take some of the hot button issues that we talked about. North America, South America, Antarctica don't even come close. Um, Antarctica has 12 countries, for those of you who are wondering. And of course, Australia is its own country and its own continent. Yay, geography. Snapcap fact number 1399. Never odd or even, spelled backwards, is still never odd or even. <laughs> now we're all thinking about it in our minds. <laughs> even. You can cheat in newspaper. I'm just throwing that oh, out there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what is it? Never odd or even? Never odd or even. True. Okay. That's a true. Death and Dave, what do you think? True. I just wrote it down. <laughs> yep. It's true. All right. And the answer is true. 
Yay. If he had said false, I would have died. <laughs> <laughs> it is, in fact, a palindrome, which can be read uh, the same way forwards or backwards. Uh, That's cool. Yes. I like that one. Uh, very similar uh, other palindromes. Uh, a man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Also the number 101. Um, I want to uh, mention that this is also grammatically flawed. Technically, it should be never odd nor even, but of course, that makes it not a palindrome. And palindrome comes from the Greek palin, <laughs> meaning again, and dromos, meaning way or direction. Some kind of Greek or Latin saying every episode. <laughs> I mean, they are the foundation for half this, of the English language. Yes. <laughs> you smart people are so annoying. <laughs> oh, yeah. but you're, look how many points you got. <laughs> Snapcap fact number 306. In the Middle Ages, chicken soup was considered an aphrodisiac. Mm. Fake news. I, I have to now think back to my culinary anthropology for a minute. Give me a moment. <laughs> no, no, no. Like I legitimately went through a class for that. Oh, boy. That's $3,000 you'll never get back. It was <laughs> worth it. I did aspire well, to be a, a culinary right, anthropologist. <laughs> was your doctorate on crepes? Yes. I love crepes. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, guess what he eats when he's in the lounge. Oh, <laughs> <sexy> <laughs> crepes. Oh, my God. No, the there was ca- no, there was caviar and, like, donuts. Stop it. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Ugh. We're going with European Dark Ages, yes? Yes. Okay. Middle okay. Ages. Middle Ages. Not Dark Ages. Oh, Middle Ages. Yeah, I'll still go with it. Okay. I feel like it's weird enough to be true. Okay. Fake news. He says false. And the answer is, huh? Oh, oh of course Stupid it is. Stupid third option. Uh, it's a certain part of the chicken, isn't it? It's like the chicken heart or something. No, it's not the heart. Aphrodisiacs are bullshit. It's the anus. Uh, basically, it's a marketing term used by unscrupulous con men to sell their wares uh, since the dawn of time. Yep. Uh, horny men uh, throughout history have <laughs> been desperate to trick women who are out of their league into sleeping with them and have used any number of potions, foods, gifts, vibrating underwear, uh, whatever they th- could think of to make a woman horny so that they would win by proximity. Uh, in medieval times, there was something called Doctrine of the Signatures, which spilled over into the Middle Ages, so it counts. Uh, if it looks like genitalia, then it's an aphrodisiac. Mm-hmm. So that covers carrots, asparagus, anise, mustard, nettles, sweet peas. Also, if it's warm and moist. Also, if it's windy. So that's anything that produces flatulence of its own accord. <laughs> also, sparrow's brains and other mm-hmm. rare foods. In fact, everything has been considered an aphrodisiac by whoever was selling it. And, of course, by whoever was buying it because they were looking to uh, get lucky. Uh, yep. Um, also the question becomes what qualifies as chicken soup the recipe has changed throughout time and indeed today if you go to the grocery store you could pick up any number of chicken soups the only common ingredients of which are chicken and water Uh, some of them have noodles some of them have veggies some of them have salt the cap does not specify Um, for what it's worth we have actually found a chemical that makes people horny or men horny anyway Uh, it's the primary ingredient in Viagra it's called sildenafil Uh, Basically, it relaxes the blood vessels in the lungs, allowing blood to flow more easily, but it also relaxes the blood vessels in the penis, allowing it to function more properly, uh, which is very important for people who have uh, erectile dysfunction. Now, there is also female Viagra, even though no one can explain how it could possibly work, and indeed, it does not work, uh, making it an aphrodisiac. It is literally... A product that is being sold on the market that is bullshit. I thought it's. They said it swelled up the uh, vulva. It definitely does not. I beg to differ. I've seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> For those Some of you who are more science, was done. I see. Yeah, that's right. Um, side effects of sildenafil include heart attack, headache, sudden drop in blood pressure, and synopsia, uh, which is literally uh, where your eyes only show you the color blue. Yep. Mm. Um, for those of you who use it on a regular, long-term basis, uh, that vision impairment can become permanent. Wow. That's rough. Oh, also, okay. for those of you who are genetically predisposed, which is 7% of the population, uh, there is a fourth color rod in some people's eyes. You would technically also lose that one as well. Ooh. Hmm. 
For those of you who do take Viagra, uh, the average time from the pill to an erection, 27 minutes. I say that as a public service announcement because if you take the pill and five minutes later you're like, my God, this isn't working, and you take a second pill, you can end up in the hospital, which is really, really bad. Uh, yeah. Snap cap fact number 1088. Strawberries are actually members of the rose family. True. The rose family? Yes. Hmm. Why would they think that? I'm guessing the answer has something to do with the poem Roses Are Red. <laughs> well, that makes me want to say no. <laughs> um, I, I, I No, I don't think that's right. I'll go with true. Don't do it. CA, are you officially going with no? Be the rebel. No, I got to go false. I got to go false. All right. The answer is true. Son of a <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. The family is rosacea. Uh, which includes apples, pears, kinseys, apricots, plums, cherries, peaches, raspberries, loquates, and, of course, strawberries. Also, almonds, which is kind of nut, and flowering trees and shrubs, including roses, meadow sweets, fire thorns, rowans, and hawthorns. Strawberries are not true berries, by the way. Uh, they are receptacles for achenes. Mm -hmm. What is an achene? Uh, and akeen is when the seeds are on the outside. So if you look at a strawberry or, say, a potato, the eyes of the potato are actually akeens. Gotcha. Snap cap fact number 343. All right, we got to take death down now, David. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> we got to take him down. The term 007 was derived from 20007, the home zip code of many Washington, D.C. agents. No. That sounds cool, though. Huh. I'm going to go with true. That sounds really cool. Just because I want it to be true. I'm going to go with false. Shut up. <laughs> uh, now I question everything. <laughs> Why do you say that, death? I'm just thinking to myself, like, well, I recall that 007, the term didn't really... I don't know. I, I remember James Bond's the, the novels being done by Ian Fleming, and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't think that flies. Oh, man. What are, what are you doing, Dave? False. <laughs> no, I want it to be true. I'm still staying. Stick it to it. All right. And the answer is false. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond was a character who was produced by author Ian Fleming, who was born in the UK, lived in the UK, died in the UK. Uh, James Bond was named after the American ornithologist James Bond. Um, and uh, Ian Fleming was an avid bird watcher. That's why he gave him the, that honorific. 20007 is actually zip code, and it is in Washington, D.C. It is Georgetown, uh, where the university is, and has nothing at all to do with our spies. 22101 is the zip code for CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, uh, which is actually outside of Washington, D.C. Hmm. Now, 007. This is important. We say double O because it's actually OO, not zero zero. And that's important. In the book, double O is a designation for something which is highly classified. Uh, now, that is not actually how the UK classifies things. Um, they actually stamp the words top secret on it. Um, OO, the reason why he is secret is because he had to kill somebody during the course of one of his missions. Uh, James Bond actually says that in one of the books. Um, so that is how he got that designation, is that during the course of the mission, he was forced to kill someone in order to uh, finish the mission. Yeah, that's why cool. double O's are given license to kill. Correct. Yeah. Um, one way that you know this is that uh, there is actually an 0011. So if it was 007, um, Cedric would have been 011. And for what it's worth, this week there was actually a pretty big announcement. Uh, there's an actor named Idris Elba, who uh, you may know yeah. uh, from... He's the man. He played Heimdall in Thor Ragnarok and also in the Avengers yeah. movie. Uh, mm -hmm. He may very well have been tapped to be the first black James Bond. I could see it. I'm so looking forward to it. And he was the uh, gunslinger too, wasn't he? In that uh, Stephen he was. King movie. He also he plays Luther in... Uh, I'm sorry, he plays DCI John Luther in the TV series Luther. Yes, and that is a good series. Watch it. And finally, snap cap fact 869. Theodore Roosevelt had a pet bear while in office. Yes. True. False. Very, very true. What did he name his bear? Someone sent it to him. 
(laughs) (laughs) He named him Yogi. I feel like somebody named a bear after him, but I don't think he had a pet of bear. Well, it wasn't his. Someone made it for him or sent it to him, and then they started making them a bear company. See, now you're, like, persuasive. Now I want a bear. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go with false. And so the answer is true. Oh. Don't win my streak. You tricked me, Beth. Jonathan Edwards was a small black bear who lived on the White House grounds while Theodore Roosevelt was in office. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt has the distinction of being the president with the most pets during his time in the White House. Uh, An unknown number, as it were. Um, One of these gifts included five bears, uh, which came from a foreign country. And then there was an additional bear that was donated by the state of West Virginia. The first five bears went to the zoo, but the one from West Virginia, again named Jonathan Edwards, uh, continued to live at the White House until he grew into an adult and became unruly, at which point he was sent to the Bronx Zoo. Fun fact, uh, there is an island in the Potomac named Teddy Roosevelt Island, and the zip code there is 20037. Yep. Been there. You've been there? Really? Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah. I travel oh, a lot. Tell us. Oh, how was it? It was nice. I mean, I, I know I don't know what else to really say. <laughs> <laughs> it was I'll tough tell to you get to, terrible. right? Don't you have to like you have to drive up the road in just the right way, like on the right side of the road, and then you have to like cross over a, a like a pedestrian bridge? Something like that. I yeah. it's been a while because I, I did it when I was like a kid, so it's been a long time since I think back to it. I just know I've been there. You probably didn't drive there then. No, I did not drive. Understood. So that reaches the end of our game. Uh, Dave and Death are both tied at five. Congratulations. Ooh. I don't want to talk about the it. The tiebreak <laughs> is you have to guess uh, what's in your own box. Oh, <laughs> uh, fiddlesticks. Uh-huh. I get it. We are controlling transmission. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, What's in the box? What's in the box? This is the segment where my co-host and I attempt to scratch the uh, hoarder's itch that lingers between Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody ready? Yeah. Yep. Your time in the Pellscar First National Bank was brief but productive. You exit the bank and step out onto the street a little after midday. Now in possession of a de facto key to the city, you and Molly partake in the Escape the Room facility which ends early once the employees realize that Molly has eaten the vast majority of their wheat-filled garden maze. The mid-afternoon hustle and bustle of the streets of Pellscar washes over you in a sea of faces. Dozens of people from all over the empire insist that their wares should become your wares. There are merchants from Mermast. There are tanners from Tarlington. There are smiths from the Stormsucker Sand Dunes. You search the streets for deals, surreptitiously seeking out a small man selling skunk skins. Say, from whence do you sail, sir? Schloff's lesson, he says. Gunzuntite offers a passerby. It's a well-known fact that Schloff's lesson skunk skins seldom stay smooth, so you move on. The longer you walk, the more it becomes clear that most of the people on the streets are in a rush eager to finish business before they lack the prerequisite membership card that would allow them to stay in the city past sundown. Making your way to the center of the trader's market, you find a hornet's nest of humanity. With Molly in tow, you buffalo your way through the crowd. One fellow in particular, a very tall, gruff-looking man with a shaved head and swarthy tan, seems to have had the same idea as you, and the two of you collide. While you are friendly and courteous, Mr. Clean is surly and vulgar. He gives you the finger, then brushes past you in a huff. The next few hours fly by. As the sun begins to set over the mountains behind the town, traders scurry up the steep sloping path to the top of the valley and through the gates. You watch them with a smug smile, knowing that you've got all the time you need sitting in your pocket. Hello there, comes a booming voice from behind you. You turn to find a massive hulk of a man staring down at you from underneath a surprisingly official-looking police uniform. A glance at his badge reveals the words officially sanctioned by the Pellscar First United Bank. This is one hell of a town. I need to see your membership card. With a proud smile, you reach into your 
surprisingly empty pocket. Your smile vanishes. Your mind flashes back to the swarthy bald bastard who plowed into you earlier as you were negotiating the crowds. Your new smile is quite fake. <laughs> Funny story. The guard doesn't share your sense of humor. Two hours later, you find yourself standing in front of a heavy wooden stock mounted to a large vertical oak post. The guard unlocks the stock and opens it. As you stick your head and hands into the heavily used device, you look down to see the guard slipping the key into a small wooden box at the base of a support pole. It's similar in size to a pound of butter with a hinged lid. From your vantage point, you can see clear down to the bottom of the box and notice that the key is not the only thing inside. Just as they clamp the lock shut, you yell after the guard, Somebody milk my yak! <laughs> my question for you is this. What else is in the box? Poor Molly. Poor Molly. Never the same. <laughs> She's had it the worst of all of us. Uh-huh. So do you want hey. me to... F- Fill, do you want me to fill in what's in the box? Oh, I want you to fill it in. Yeah, go. Oh, what can... Fi- oh. Um, it's a ceramic unicorn. Ooh. <laughs> is it rainbow colored or is it a traditional white unicorn with like a yellow horn? No, no, no. It's definitely rainbow. Okay. Ah, stink rat approved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stinky would love that. Is the mane made out of like uh like fur or you know hair no, of some kind? No, it's definitely it's definitely uh it's definitely a, a solid piece and it's but it's all gold mane. If I were able to pick it up, does it have anything written on it? Uh, I think it would say, "Find the other." Ooh, one of a pair. Mm-hmm. Does it? Does it? Like, if you shake it, does it make a sound on the inside? Uh, it jingles. <gasps> we have a jingling unicorn. Part of me wants to break it, but then the other part of me wants to find its twin. Don't break it until you find the twin. All right. Does it have any holes that I can maybe look in? I will say that it doesn't have any holes, but its eyes has a very tiny uh, gem on its eye socket. Oh. Maybe you can pop the gem out. Well, the gem is pretty is pretty embedded, but it actually is probably one of the rarest gems on the planet. Wow. So this is expensive. Oh, yeah. This is expensive. Would it be possible, let's say six episodes from now, that if I find a, <laughs> a, a microscope, that I could somehow peer through the sapphire to find out what's rattling around inside? Oh, yeah. You'll find it. And you'll find out that it's actually a um, crystalline spider inside. Excellent. Tune in to episode 26 for the crystal and spider <laughs> reveal. Big time no, excitement. No, the spider is. No, it's too I late. We'll invite Death is. back. It'll be very exciting. No, I want to know what the spider is. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Dave, what's in your box? So I go over and pick up the unicorn and break it and then move it out of the way. And the shock on my face is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done, Dave? No. What's inside it? Only terrible things happen now. <laughs> We're I all was just die. kidding. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use those goggles you had before. Uh, <laughs> Rewind yeah. time. Go back to the beginning. I'm literally right. trapped in a piece of wood staring at a spider that now is pissed <laughs> off that I woke it up. Yep, pretty much. Episode 26 is ruined. This is going to be, you know how when you get on a Japanese elevator and some of the floors are missing? We're not even going to have an episode 26 anymore. Yeah, no, nice. it's just going to completely be skipped over. Everything's getting yeah. bumped up. <laughs> it's like, guys, whatever happened to episode 26? We don't talk about that. <laughs> yes. And you know what? You, you should still post it, but just have like just a few seconds of dead air. That's right. Like put, put up an MP3 with nothing on it. <laughs> or, or at least at, this, at some point, a distant cry of, of pain and agony. <laughs> Dave, what's in your box? So you open the box and you see the keys. And then you see what looks like a marker. Um, not a, you know, of course it's it's not like a marker you'd find today, but kind of looks like a marker stick with a cap on it. So marker like a sharpie, like it's permanent, or marker like a yeah. expo, which you can erase. It looks looks like a permanent, but you don't know because you haven't used it yet if it's going to be permanent or not. It doesn't say I written on the side permanent. Want to draw a happy face on Grizz's forehead? <laughs> <laughs> All right. What happens? You draw a happy face on his head, and then the face eyes start blinking, and it goes, "Hello, thank you, welcome." 
starts talking. Your forehead's talking to me. <laughs> Are you doing that, Grizz? Are you making it talk to me? We call this a life doodle. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. <laughs> that is so cool. Hello, face. Quick, draw oh, me an oil oh, can. The face was talking to me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, do I need to be the face now? No, you Hello! can't be the face. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, life. Woo. Thank you so much. We should have creeps. <laughs> creeps all around. <laughs> what is that? No. <laughs> Wait. So, I Death, do you want a face too? Um, I have enough faces, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So, like, I wonder. Okay. So, I'm gonna draw like a, a dragon on a on a bar stool. You're drawing it on top of the bar stool. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so the seat where you sit on it, you're drawing yep. a dragon. Mm-hmm. Does the seat Big get hot? Big old dragon. Does it burst into the flames? Yeah, it it doesn't do anything. Mm. It must be your forehead, Grizz. <laughs> the magical forehead. Is it reading your thoughts to me? Were you thinking about crepes? I've got so much intelligence, it's just leeching through. <laughs> it goes, snap cap 344. <laughs> <laughs> Snapcap 344. <laughs> Crepes are a form of pancake. <laughs> I can't breathe. Now I want tacos in- inside of a crepe. Oh, Dave always has the best one. Taco <laughs> crepes, that's your story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, They serve that in the lounge, do they? Taco, taco, no, taco, taco, they don't. Taco. I wish they did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's fascinating. Why does it only work on your face? <laughs> Brief visit from the guac there. That was nice. Yeah, so you'll find if you draw on living flesh, it will. It can come alive if it's something that um, would be like a dragon would come alive on his back if you drew it. Uh, but if you drew on a wall, it would open up a portal. Now let me ask you this. Does my skin like crinkle uh, and like kind of like puff up where the face is moving? Like a tattoo. It'll stay in that one area, but yeah, it becomes like its own little sentient being for a limited amount of time. Is it possible to draw something on the skin where it would like actually leap off and cause damage? No. So I couldn't draw like a tick on somebody and then have the tick jump off and it would actually cause damage? No, it would just start sucking the blood of the host. Oh. (laughs) So can can you rub this off? No, it has a time limit. I haven't thought of that, but I, let's just say 30 well, minutes. Good. Yeah, 30 minute time limit. <laughs> I thought it was going to be stuck on his face forever. <laughs> That's been hilarious. <laughs> well, if you ever go mute, we could just draw a face. Yes, and with this crowd, muteness is distinctly possible at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When your tongue, now, when your tongue swelled up, wouldn't you have loved a face on your <laughs> face? Yes. That is. <laughs> to tell us. Instead of grabbing the needle and saving my life, it would have been fantastic if you would grab the marker and began doodling on me. I could totally see, but that's a better better use of time. Speak, Chris, speak. (laughs) Hello! This man appears injured. Perhaps there's a needle. Now now I'm thinking about Jennifer Lopez from South Park on Cartman's hand. See, I'm begging you to get us away from the marker. What's in your box? Oh, it's an eyeball. Ooh. Leftovers. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, what color is the iris? Uh, it is blue. Uh, is, the, is the eye, is it bloodshot? It is. Okay. Do I, does it look like I recognize it? Like maybe it's an old friend of mine? <laughs> I don't think you recognize okay. the eye if it's a friend. <laughs> Does it move or is it animated in any sort of way? Uh, yes, as you move, it looks at you. So it appears to be like inchworming its way around the bottom of the box? No, it's just rolling around in the box. Oh, uh. <laughs> and I win. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming out to the stream. <laughs> Thanks, Desmond. <laughs> Well, I it, if if I'm going to declare a winner, it's probably going to be automatic ink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that's that. A very <laughs> clever, that's a very clever thing. So congratulations yeah, no, on breaking our tie. Yay. 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 
So uh, I have the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference, September 7th through the 8th. It will be um, in the Philly area. So if you are a podcaster uh, up in the Northeast, it's a great small podcast conference for podcasters to um, to network, meet each other, and sit in on some cool classes. I am actually going to be speaking on mm-hmm. Saturday. And so. what are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about better audio, um, ways to improve your audio skills at home. How to use your microphone. Yeah. Yay. You should also do like Twitch streams with that too. That would be neat. You mean like teach about it or actually do yeah. one while you're there? No, like teach about it. That's a Help good idea. Other streamers. Yeah. So I see somebody just put something in here. We have a Fallout stream or what is that? Yes, um, so that would be me. Who's changing my notes? So. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> the notes are changing. <laughs> While you were doing what's in the box, I was like, hey, <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have things. <laughs> uh, so yes, I'm going to be doing a stream every Sunday. Um, mm. It's going to be actually the play test for a Fallout RPG. I'm really excited about it. Cyric uh, invited me to his table. So that will be coming up on Sundays. We haven't picked when we're starting yet. We're thinking in about two weeks. Nice. In nice. two weeks, so right before my vacation? Yeah, but while you're on vacation, you can watch it. I'm on a boat. Mm. I don't really have access to internet. No. Oh, my yeah. goodness. What are you going to do without internet? Um, oh work, like I usually do. Because <laughs> I don't really take, like, vacations. I just use oh. vacations to work. <laughs> well, enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks. I'll be in the nice, uh, cool weather of Alaska. Whoa. <laughs> but at the second week of September, I will be in the Vancouver and Seattle area. So anybody who wants to see me can come find me. Nice. Yay. And when is that? Uh, sometime between September 8th and the and the 15th, I think, something like that. I, I'm kind of, I know I'm spending like two days in Vancouver and the rest of the time I'll be in Seattle. You're mm. just sitting in a Starbucks or, I mean, how are they going to find you? Uh, they could probably find me in a Starbucks because that <laughs> Starbucks, is 90% yes. of the time where you'll find it, me yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. I literally came from a Starbucks not long before this podcast. <laughs> and also on September 8th, um, at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be doing a stream with a lovely bunch of people, uh, such as Jeff Kramer, Savrik, Von Srod, and Nazul. Yay! We will all be hanging out with DM Wado Jeff. Um, we are very excited about this stream. It's going to be on Savrik's channel, uh, so twitch.tv forward slash S-A-E-V-R-I-C-K. So come out, hang out with us. The theme is going to be a hell wedding. Ooh. Mm. So it's D&D 5E. We have no idea what to expect. The invitations we were sent are quite lovely. I posted it on hmm. my Twitter page. Uh, he's definitely going all out for this. So I'm really excited about it. So you guys should come hang out with us in the stream. I think I'm still on a boat. Death's on a boat. (laughs) I'll be on a boat, and I will just confirm that I will be wishing ill demise for all of you. (laughs) As per my role. He said he can't promise that he won't kill someone, so it's going to be interesting. Oh, good. I mean, I I, I hope that there will be some some sense of death somewhere. (laughs) And towards the end of September, there is going to be stream. uh, This will be on the 28th. Yes, the 28th, it is a Friday. Uh, we will be streaming Tomb of Horrors on the Thread Raiders channel. Um, that will be with DMTK. Um, Rick, the DM, will also be there. Um, we've got Zynar. He'll be on the stream. Um, a Daquin. So I'm really excited about that, too. Prepare to die a lot. Yes. <laughs> and then we talked about PAX is uh, in November as well, right? The end of November. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, unplugged, PAX unplugged in, will be there in Philly, and it's really cool. I've never been to the regular PAX. I know they're big, and the reason they made PAX unplugged was to make it more about focusing on the tabletop games, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I had a good time last year. So. Yeah, I, I there there's gonna be probably some more reveals because um, Wizards will most Wizard would most likely uh, do more reveals for their uh, 2019 line. And Acquisitions oh, yeah. Incorporated happens that. Uh, time also yeah so we're gonna see some merch coming out we're gonna see some more uh wizards of the coast partnered uh 
individuals there and we're gonna so there will be some news coming out of that that uh that packs for sure nice and then uh ca's favorite right yes magfest is out <laughs> their dates are finally freaking here I waited forever uh, January 3rd to the 6th. So get ready to get your hotels because that can be a pain in the butt. Um, they have not like stated when they're going to be selling tickets, but the dates are out. So keep an eye on on their Twitter page. And finally, Gen Con, August 1st through 4th, 2019. I know it's next year, but you might as well get ready for it now. Mark your calendars. <laughs> look at the local hotels. Find out where you're going to be. You know, we got to get planning, people. This is big. Yep. Yeah, this is and, big. And Tabletop, Loot and I are getting together. We're thinking about getting a private room for our Twitter followers. So oh, you we'll get, keep you updated on that as well. Yep. Yeah, let me know about that as well. And do you know who doesn't get into the lounge? Procrastinators. That's who. Okay. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> All right, guys, that's the end of our wonderful show. Uh, so glad to be back. And thanks to uh, the master of death, Death Mage himself, uh, for sitting in with us and giving us his insights. Make sure you uh, check out Tabletop Loot. And, uh, of course, as always, uh, iTunes is a great place to give us reviews. Make sure you hit subscribe, whatever you are on. If there is a podcast app that has a subscribe button in iTunes or on Google, the new Google app uh, that's out, or whatever one, when you subscribe, it actually gives us a lot more, um, at least iTunes, I know, uh, counts a lot more towards subscriptions. And the reviews help other people find our show. So check it out. Uh, you can find everything at threadraiders.com. Uh, links to everybody and everywhere and all that good stuff. Um, I did want to, are we giving a shout out to Limitless or was that just last week? Sure, we can do that. Um, they're, so they are raising money for suicide prevention. Um, they have these manuals out for D&D 5E that have all kinds of monsters and crazy things inside. And all of the proceeds go to American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. So you can go to their website and make a purchase today if you'd like. Awesome. I just wanted to give a shout out to Polymorph Crafts. Um, we finally got uh, the Kickstarter. They did these... These amazing little mimic cases that you can carry yeah, around. Yeah, they're so, so cool. cool. Yeah, so Amara, it was her Christmas gift. and or No, oh. it was her birthday gift, actually. And oh. it finally came. So um, <laughs> it's cool. You put it all together. It has all these little pieces with little magnets that snap together. And it looks mm -hmm. like a little chest that you carry. You bring it to your games. When you open it up, it becomes a little rolling table. It has a little felt uh, inside for the your dice to roll. It has little trays with the dice that go in there. Um, it actually makes a little rolling tower as well. So it's really neat. It's really cool. Oh, can you still buy them? Uh, yeah, I don't know what their order system's like because they're just finishing getting out all the Kickstarter stuff. So I know they are going to be selling them. But uh, on Twitter, you can meet, find them at Poly, P-O-L-Y, Morph, M-O-R-F, Crafts, and that's on the end. Polymorph. Crafts. 